Last week, in a really strange incident, a vice president of a South American nation played for his football club in a Champions League encounter. What was strange was he was 60 years old and played for almost 54 minutes. But more on that later. What it did was it set us thinking about the interplay between sports, politics and current affairs and how they all seem to collide and yet coexist throughout history. We decided this week we will talk about a few football clubs from Russia, both from erstwhile USSR and present-day Russia, and sometimes how sporting stars glide into the world of politics, successfully, some not so successfully. Broadly, we are going to talk about sports, politics, current affairs, history, and how they all come together to create fascinating stories and anecdotes. All this with our regular sections and much more. I'm very excited. Welcome to our weekly podcast. With me, Rathin Basu, is a man who loves to talk about sports and politics non-stop. That's Joy Bhattacharya. And this is Fact of the Matter. Good morning, Joy. And uh, I'm very happy to see you, given the fact that over the last few days or maybe weeks, you've been really busy talking about the Indian Premier League on Crick Buzz. And uh, I want to first check how you're doing and... I'm glad that you got some time out to come back and be a part of this podcast. Uh, thanks, thanks. I just, I told myself, you know, Harsha's been listening to our podcast and I said, if he can take out the time to listen to our podcast through all the quarantine matches and buzz that he's doing, I'm right. sure we can do enough to at least put out something for all of us. So I think that's something which is absolutely non-negotiable I and mean, I'm delighted to be back. It's October, it's just the right time. It's you just primed for a perfect podcast. <laughs> and, you know, you, you've been uh, working on the Indian Premier League, arguably uh, one of the biggest, you know, biggest sporting properties today in India. And, you know, why India? Probably one, one of the world's biggest properties. And all the excitement and everything as it comes towards the business. And I thought, what better than to weave in sports and politics and, you know, try and see if we can get out a few stories. So we have all our regular sections joy and um, we are going to talk in main course we have some really juicy tidbits and I want to start off straight with a couple of stories as I promised about two clubs from Russia or erstwhile USSR but the first the main one I'm going to talk about joy is something which happened very recently one of the greatest shocks in Champions League history a team called FC Sheriff Tiraspol beat Real Madrid 2-1 last week. And this is like we're talking about a 13-time European Cup champions, Real Madrid. Yeah, absolutely. De- defeated in their own backyard, Joy. And the whole world woke up and has been asking the same question. Who are FC Sheriff Tiraspol and where are they from? I mean... Real Madrid might have had an off night, but these guys in a group which has Inter Milan, Shakhtar Donetsk and Real Madrid currently stand as the leaders with six points up to two games. <laughs> amazing, absolutely amazing. But I have done some digging and found out a little bit about FC Sheriff Tiraspol. Who are these guys? And do you have any idea where they are from, Joy? I think I've given a few oh, hints. No. I think they were founded somewhere erstwhile Soviet Union. I'll stay with that. Absolutely. So this is the fascinating story. Tiraspol is the capital of a breakaway Moldovan state. Remember Moldova, right? Part of the USSR, right? And this is the capital of a breakaway Moldovan state called Transnistria. Remember Dnieper and Dniester, the two big rivers 
in that area. So Transnistria is basically area around the Dniester River, located near the Ukrainian border. So it's like a small region between Moldova and Ukraine. However, the teams from this region still play in Moldova's football league. So the football team, FC Sheriff, was founded in 1997 by high-ranking Transnistria officials who owned the unrecognized nation's only supermarket chain called Sheriff. So that's where the name Sheriff comes from, the company sponsorship. Now, these owners are supposedly, if you do some checking on the internet, they have slightly nefarious connections. They have links to the KGB or, you know, the present FSB or the GRU or name, you can name whatever it is. There are some hints of money laundering. They have an enormous football complex, a top-notch stadium, apparently the largest in the country, which funnily serves as the occasional home ground for the Moldovan national team. And they are supposed to be a breakaway state. So it's all, you know, smoke and mirrors, etc, etc. The man called Sebastian Thill scored the winning goal. Sebastian Thill himself comes from a country of Luxembourg and is probably the first Luxembourg player to have scored a Champions League goal, if I'm not mistaken. So he made history and he's not some precocious, talented guy. He's 27 years old, has only ever played in Luxembourg till last season, has been capped for 16 times. The entire team is formed of journeyman footballers like this, professional footballers, but no big name. And again, as I said, you need to go there probably to a Tiraspol. And maybe the Tiraspol guys have done this. But the best story of this team is what I heard in a podcast, Joy, another football podcast yesterday. The British media started calling them, or I think an Australian podcast started it, the Sheriffs of Shockingham, which I thought is a very apt title. Sheriffs of Shockingham. Sheriffs of Shockingham. Absolutely super. Brilliant. I was saying totally rooted to India and I was actually looking at uh, politicians and cricket and uh, you know, I, there are lots of successful politicians. Gautam Gambhir is there. Ranji Biswal at 26 became Jagat Singhpur. He represented in the, for the Congress. But I'm going to talk about a guy who you never expected to ever lose an election. And that's probably one of our most charismatic captains, Mansoor Ali Khan Pataudi. Oh. So Pataudi in 1971 is like a star. He's the Indian cricket captain. He's married to Sharmila Thakur, who's obviously the reigning you know, goddess of Bombay film industry. And what happens? Mrs. Gandhi... At that point in time, the Congress government bans the privy purse. The privy purse was what you know former rulers used to get from the government every year. Of course, of course. And Pataudi gets so mad at it. He says, how can they do it? This is a breach of trust that he stands from my home place. He stands from Gurgaon on a Vishal Haryana party ticket. Okay? <laughs> and says, I'm going to oppose them. I'm going to oppose the Congress. And I'm going to win it. And he gets totally smashed because, you know, the problem with Pataudi is he doesn't really want to go and meet people and get elected. I mean, that's what politicians do. I'm a cricketer. I'm not supposed I, to do stuff like that. <laughs> I, I have a question here. Vishal Haryana sounds to me very much like uh, one of the names of bookies which police give. Like Ramesh Kakata, <laughs> uh, Deepak Jaipur, uh, Rajiv Delhi. You know, like that. There are these bookie names which the police keep chasing. Vishal Haryana sounds very much like that. No, it's a political party. No, no offense no, to no. Vishal Haryana fans and everything. Uh, they, they, they must have, but this is a phenomenal story. I mean, but... Yeah, yeah. And after that, wait a minute, that's yeah. not the end of his career. So it's 1971, he's lost. It's okay. 1991, he comes back again. Rajiv Gandhi tells him, look, don't bother about Haryana, that stuff. Contest from Bhopal. You know, you can contest from Bhopal and you can stand from elections out here. We got a thing. Rajiv Gandhi, you know, campaigns for him and he goes and loses the election again. And, so, and Bhopal, incidentally, is where I think his... Um, 
his mom or his mother grandmom, is from yeah mother is no, from, no, grandmom from, yeah they yeah. they they are from the bhopal royal family exactly right. exactly so this should have been so, like a sitter i mean this is and and yeah, and he loses down it. for him as well and he loses, he loses it. it why so, he, so he, many he people have won elections chetan chauhan has won elections all the others have won elections he just loses it twice the other interesting one is phoolpur i was looking at phoolpur as congress candidates and you know all these people had their specific places this okay. is gandhi used to like raibareli you know the gandhi family seat has been amethi for a while right before that nehru used to always contest from phoolpur do you know who contested from the congress from phoolpur in 2014 no it was mohammad kef Mohammad wow. Kef contested from Phoolpur, and of course, he didn't do any. He actually ended up, I think, in third place. But yeah, that was also fascinating. If he had one joy, I would have written in a newspaper headline: "Foolproof from Phoolpur." Kef's true. I'm so glad. I'm so. I'm so glad. I'm so glad you're not writing. Swiftly moving on. Yeah. Swiftly moving on. Yes. Swiftly. Moving and on. the only other one I want to tell you about is somebody that we used to laugh at and wonder why he was doing that. But in the 2004-5. Yeah, Delhi won the under 15 national championship, right. and right at the end, Ishan Sharma was batting. And Ishan Sharma has done some great talent work for India. Right. But Ishan Sharma was batting in the tail when Delhi won it, and the guy who hit the winning runs was on the other side. And he went on to play for Delhi in under 17 also, and was a standby for that famous Virat Kohli under 19 World Cup team. And the guy I'm talking about is Tejashwi Yadav. So Tejashwi Yadav, actually, it's not just about putting him in a team. He was there hitting the winning runs. Shabit Ishan Sharma for the Delhi under 15, played under 17, played under 19. After that, I think he played for Jharkhand, but by that time he'd lost it. So I remember we all saw him in the Delhi Daredevils, wondering what he's doing this team. But the truth is, he has a certain cricketing pedigree that hasn't got to do with his background. So yeah, those are three I wanted to talk about. Tejasvi Yadav. I mean, just for our listeners, he's the son of Lalu Prasad Yadav, who's a RJD, right? Joy, uh, RJD leader and big and big politician has been chief minister of the state of Bihar for many many years and also has been a massive um, a part of the uh, the Congress coalition, uh, the Indian National Congress coalition. So that's for people who are not aware of uh, Indian politics. Tejasvi is today now a politician. He's left cricket. I don't know whose loss or whose gain, but that is it. But I want to get you back to Russia, Joy, because from FC Tiraspol, I'm still not done with Russia yet. We'll have a good Russian. <laughs> I, I noticed. Have I noticed. Stories. I have more stories for you, Joy. You know, you have to be <laughs> like that. So my story is about this deep connection between government, politics, police. And sport. Now, FC Tiraspol owners supposedly we don't know whether they had links with GRU, KGB, etc. Whether they still have links with the Russian. You never know in 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 that part of the world. But what I did find out and what I do know is about another Russian club. And this is a story which I thought was fascinating. It's a club called FC Dynamo Moscow or Dynamo Moscow, based in Moscow. The only club that have always played in the top tier of Soviet football, along with Dynamo Kiev, of course. And you know, till 2016, when they got relegated for one season to the second tier National League, but then they came up again very soon. However, in spite of playing every year, they have never won the modern Russian Premier League title, and have only won the Russian Cup once in 1994-95. But why are we talking about them? Because during the Soviet era, Joy, they were affiliated with the MVD, the Ministry of Internal Affairs, otherwise known as the Soviet Militia, and also with the KGB under the guise of what was called the Dynamo Sports Society. Chief of Soviet Security and 
the secret police apparatus NKVD, Lavrenti Beria. You all, we've all heard of it. He was a patron of this club, apparently, till his downfall. In 2009, the ownership changed to a bank called VTB Bank, but then there was lots of shifts, went back to Dynamo Sports Society, then again, it's gone back to VTB Bank. Things got sold for one ruble, etc., etc. The traditional colors are blue and white. But what I found really exciting from a trivia perspective is that their motto is called Power in Motion. If the KGB is in power, I think you as a footballer have to be <laughs> perpetual motion. If you do. If you don't win at the Bernabeu, then it could be well your last ball. So please play proper. <laughs> you know, that's all. Oh, that's you know? <laughs> but, but this club's motto, Power in Motion Joy, apparently was proposed initially by Maxim Gorky, famous Russian author, <laughs> who was an active member of the Dynamo Sports Society. So, you know, it's fascinating as you go into these. I mean, we all know about Dynamo Kiev and nowadays Shakhtar Donetsk and now FC Tiraspol, of course. Sheriff Tiraspol and we've heard of Moscow Spartak but there are there have always been these links and between you and me I'm sure Joy there are a few clubs in Sicily Palermo where you might find some links you know with the, the look, Italian mafia I don't look, know let's, I mean, be, let's be very honest if you look at world football it's, it's the other way around to find clubs owned by honest, well-meaning people is much more difficult than to find clubs owned by crooks. Let's let's face it, this is a very imperfect world we live in, Rotin. And uh, well, but, speak of imperfect world. Yeah, yeah. No, no. So I want to move from that to another state before before I ask you to get your next story because I think you know you mentioned about all these Indian cricketers, etc., who uh, moved into politics, even in Russia. And I'm sticking to Russia today. I don't know why I'm in a Russian state of mind. This is what Sheriff Tiraspol does to you, John. People like Gary Kasparov, you know, chess legend, world champion, moved into politics and probably is still a politician, you know, technically by definition. People like Sergei Bubka, if you remember, the pole vault legend. And Bubka's story is fascinating. You know, he created his own level of world records and apparently he would increase his world record by centimeters, you know, yeah. to, to get bonuses. And I think there was an incentive, exactly. There was an incentive for every time he broke the world record and he's do it. And yeah, I think he took it to ridiculous extremes at one point. Surprisingly, Rotin, for a man who's dominated the sport like he did, and they called him the greatest athlete of the 20th century, Sajay Bubka, yeah. you know, how he towered is, he didn't win that many Olympic events. Absolutely. And I think... He also is today in Russian politics. So, you know, it's it's phenomenal how sports and politics sort of, you know, merge together. When you, I guess once you see adulation, once you see expertise or your ability to win and conquer the world in a certain area, you start thinking maybe that lends to, you know, working in public life and doing more things for people. So that's fascinating. But carry on, Joy. You wanted to talk about something. Yeah, no, no. I, I wanted to talk about a guy who I actually loved and I always watched as a footballer. George Weir. Basically a Liberian. Of course. Wenger first saw him, brought him to Monaco, Paris Saint-Germain after that. Then he moves to Chelsea, Manchester City. Fantastic, fantastic player throughout. You know, also, you know, 75 caps, 18 goals for Liberia. But Liberia could never make it to the World Cup. But what he did was in 1995, he was World Player of the Year. And that's the first African to achieve that. And that was amazing. Pele, you know, declared him as one of the top 100 footballers of the 20th century. Correct. And that's really, really big. So, Via was a great player. But in 2016, Via also said he wanted to stand for President of Liberia on an anti-corruption ticket. That's 
that's basically what he stood for and he won it then they went into a second round of election and he was elected president in a runoff against the vice president bokai joseph bokai with more than okay. 60% of the vote so george we are one of the good guys finally made it and why is this story even more special to me i have met his son So oh. George Weir, we are yeah George Weir you know we all know about this footballer he's played for Liberia his son Timothy Weir plays football for the United States of America so when the FIFA under 17 world cup was on Timothy Weir came to India representing the United States of America and played in Delhi in front of us so i i was just amazed i said this guy's father is a and that in those days he wasn't still president is a politician but is a world player of the year and you're watching his son play for the united states right in front of us so you know that's georgia's story and that's a uh, part of we are facts and news joy a new section <laughs> since, since you're on that line but no we ah. will we will not <laughs> this brings me beautifully into our next section joy so main course we have done enough no more about russia because i have something even more exciting and juicy you spoke of president footballer coming on a anti corruption ticket i will switch it around i will talk of a fabulous fabulous personality his name is ronnie brunswick joy have you heard of ronnie brunswick tell me no i've not heard of ronnie brunswick he's a wealthy <laughs> businessman joy and a politician and he comes from the country of suriname which was earlier called dutch guyana which is you know at the northern tip of south mm. america if you know where it is right uh, yeah. a former dutch colony and uh, he's a vice president joint today he's second in line to the suriname's presidency and he owns a football club nothing wrong till now a football club called inter mengotapoe mengotapoe if i've got it correct the inter mengotapoe football club all fine a little bit of history about this guy in 1999 he was convicted of drug trafficking in the netherlands so anti corruption <laughs> corruption right uh, a year later he was found guilty of the same crime in france he was sentenced in absentia to at eight, least he's consistent yeah he's consistent he was sentenced in absentia to 8 years in prison in netherlands and 10 years in france however because suriname does not extradite its own citizens he has been staying in suriname since then and has been safe So no chance no problem this is his background in 2005 he was elected to parliament now he's a vice president of Suriname why am i talking about him joy there might be many such people all over the world you aren't surprised why because last week he picked himself for his side inter mongotapoe for his side's concacaf league match concacaf is basically the european champions league equivalent of north and central america okay. and suriname plays not in the south american league but in the not in copa libertadores but they play in the north and central american so it's called the concacaf league in his side's match against a honduras team called olimpia he picked himself he's 60 years old joy and he picked his son <laughs> damian and he played for 54 minutes what happened in the match now now the thing gets exciting olimpia won 6-0 against this team obviously you might think 60 year old guy but after the game a video appeared on social media purportedly showing the 60 year old vice president distributing cash to the olympia players as a result 
the governing body of CONCACAF a day later opened a disciplinary <laughs> probe into A, his bizarre appearance at a regional game and B, the circumstances surrounding the integrity concerns, they said. And they determined later that serious breaches of integrity had happened after the match. So, Olympia and the Inter-Mongatopoi team have both been disqualified from this year's CONCACAF <laughs> League with immediate effect. Brunswick has been banned from participating in any capacity in any competition for three years and said other individuals could also be sanctioned. But the exciting thing is if CONCACAF hadn't banned him and the team's joy, Brunswick, I think, wouldn't have gone for the second return leg in Honduras. Why? Because he would risk arrest and extradition in Honduras. <laughs> he wouldn't have stepped, stepped yeah, out Yeah, I was just about house. to ask. I mean, where, how is he going to play outside? If he's going no. to play CONCACAF, how is he going to play outside Suriname? He's not going to play outside Suriname. Joy, 60 years he's played. I think you and I, we should definitely give it a chance. Uh, choose a sport, Joy, where you and I can. And, and don't say a uh, contract bridge because uh, I, I'm not a very good bridge player. So, basically, you have, if you want to play at 60, you need to first spend a few years making some drug money. Because nobody's going to get, give us a chance to play unless we do exactly what this Mr. Brown I mean, the, the only only drug I can think of holding at home is paracetamol, you know, to take care of <laughs> normal fevers and cuffs and colds. But I don't think that will help me anyway in getting this. But anyway, but, that was my weird, weird yes. story of the week. I really love this story. I mean, unbelievable. But giving out money on social media. Why? <laughs> I mean, what's wrong with you? I mean, you know, anyways, I, I, I think. Do you have your story? I mean, this is, believe it or not, the first story of Believe It no, or no, Not in our second section. No, it's a very it's it's a very sad story. And it's a story okay. that I'll tell with a great deal of, you know, with a great deal of respect. But uh, yes, in August, in Dhaka, something happened that first, you know, a world record was broken. And then, unfortunately, the world record holder passed away. So, what? I just want to tell you, Rani. Rani was just in August was declared as the Guinness Book of World Records champion as the shortest cow in the world. She lived in a farm outside Dhaka. She's 20 inches tall. You're making this up. And she, no, no, she's 20 inches tall. She was a sensation. People would come from all around the country. But then suddenly she died due to an internal buildup of gas. And everyone is absolutely devastated. And one of the reasons that, you know, it happened like this, one of the reasons why we heard about this before was the previous record was held by a cow from Kerala named Manikyam. Okay. And Manikyam was from Kerala and she was 61.1 centimeter, that is 24 inches tall as opposed to 20 inches tall. She was just a bit taller, four inches taller than Rani. And she was a record holder. And then the Bangladeshi snatched the world record from Kerala, but then Rani is no more. And I, this, you know, the shortest cow in the world record is one of the hottest contested records. And, you know, I'm just feeling so bad, you know, you know, gas no, costing I, something I, like, you know. Yeah, I, I, I always, I was always worried about you when, when I was growing up, you know, during my college <laughs> days, because you, you had really strange interests. Um, but bonsai cows, I think it's, it's now getting Getting extremely disturbing. I mean, boss, this was a very closely fought fight. I want to tell you, before this, the record used to be held by an American cow called Blaze, who was 69.0 centimeters. That is two feet three inches tall. So, Blaze I, from Kerala snatches the record from USA, and then Bangladesh, Dhaka snatches the record away from Kerala. And what I mean, was, what this was is the name? high romance. What was the name of the Bangladeshi cow again, you said? Rani, Rani. Rani. So, if I ever, ever 
hear you asking a question in any of your <laughs> quizzes what connects blaze manikam and rani i will i will throw a fit let me tell you this i mean this is unacceptable ever ever ask this and this is the last we are hearing about bonsai cows i mean i know you you do have this habit of really searching for extremely weird trivia but this i think is you know stretching it way 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 too far but anyways it's believe it or not you have to sound unbelievable and jolly well you did this time joy that was phenomenal but we have more but we'll take a very small break right now but before we take the break we would like to remind our listeners that please send us your feedback suggestions answers to our quiz questions to this email address factofthematterindia@gmail.com you can catch all our episodes on amazon music spotify apple podcasts google podcasts report stitcher basically on whichever platform you listen you prefer listening to your podcast click on the follow button you know you'll automatically get informed whenever a new episode drops you can also check our website anchor.fm backslash fact of the matter and give us your feedback and with that before joy moves into even more weirder stuff we will take a very quick break and we'll be back very soon Welcome back and this has been a roller coaster of a ride i'm still buzzing with all the stories about um corrupt or not so corrupt presidents who decide to play football now and then but it's time to move on to our next section which is cute words and phrases enjoy it's been 13 episodes now and you still haven't come up with a better alternate title we'll still call it cute words and phrases though i know for sure you hate the word cute as much as i do but Let's not waste any more time. Joy, do you have some stunning new anecdotes about cute words? Ah, uh, stunning would be not the right word for it, but the word I'd use is I have a rich and vibrant story for you. So we all hear about the expression "well healed." Okay. You know, we use it all the time. You know, somebody's well healed and all. So I've thought, you know, what does well healed mean? So originally, I thought that it meant somebody who wears good shoes. And this is something you know somebody told me that if you really want to know what a person is well off or not, don't look at their clothes, look at their shoes. Because you know, shoes you people who buy good shoes are generally people who are well off. So I have absolutely no idea how that works. Plus, I don't even know what a good expensive shoe looks like. But the origin of well heel had nothing to do with that. Oh, the actual origin is in the sport of cockfighting. So what, what used to happen is. Yeah, you know, cock fighting. There was a whole lot of betting on cock fighting. So these cocks, you have these cocks, and you know, spend a lot of money, especially breed them. What they would do was they would actually take those cocks and fit little spurs onto their feet because their spurs were not. They used to put sharp steel spurs so right. that when the fight happened, they could actually hurt the other guy more. So basically, a cock whose spurs were specially made and designed to really hurt the enemy. the stronger those and the sharper those spurs were that's how the word well heel came so well heel basically meant that you are strong enough to make a difference so i think from there it moved to you were carrying more arms and armament in the wild west you know you're well heel you have more guns and from there it came to meaning just rich as it is now so i thought fascinating well heel actually to do with cock fights is something i never imagined i mean next you'll say that uh, catch a bull by the horns come from that bangladeshi cow who is a world record holder and, <laughs> and you know because it's so small you can easily catch it but this is <laughs> no but jokes apart this is fantastic because otherwise the way you built up the meaning of well healed i would have actually imagined and i thought till now that well healed came from you know good gentry and 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 high society and so on and so forth those who can afford great shoes i was having visions of uh, you know uh, 
women in Jimmy shoes and you and your fascination for uh, Italian leather shoes, Joy, you know, that that big wardrobe of leather shoes you must be secretly uh, admiring with a glass of Pinot Noir every evening once you finish your IPL commitments. But um, <laughs> yeah, anything else? Any other cute word? Yeah, the, the other cute word I had, I just thought I must tell because I have so many people now going on a keto diet that I needed to put this in. Okay. What's the origin of the word companion? So I've thought a lot about it. companion, you know, because we yeah. use it all the way. Comrade, companion, all of them come from similar roots. Com part of it means with. Okay. The pan part of it comes from panis, which is a Latin for bread or food. So basically, a companion is somebody you, you break, eat with. eat with, you break bread, bread with. So fantastic. So fantastic. It's a simple one, but I just love the fact that eating together in original ancient times, whether it's the Romans or the Greeks or even the British, eating food together was when you said that, okay, you and I are friends, we break bread together. So I just love the origin, the fact that, you know, it just... It's not just about talking with each other. It's about trusting each other to eat with each other. Then you know your real companions. And if you know, if 10 friends get together and this sort of <laughs> increases a sort of uh, bonding, uh, you know, eating bread together, sometimes you could call it gluten-free also. And that could, you know, do different form of bread eating. But Latin, uh, uh, let's, you uh, might just get banned. You might just <laughs> get banned. You've, you've, you've cracked the worst jokes today in the history of mankind. I don't in know. In the I history think, of civilization. Yeah, I think it's the <laughs> Tulsi tea I had in the morning. This, this <laughs> is what it happens. That and the combination of all this. But that was cute words and phrases. And that's been um, phenomenal. I mean, next time I look at well-heeled gentry, I will think of steel spurs, etc. And, you know, sort of reminds me of Wild West cowboys and their spurs, you know, which were attached to the boots. At very similar. But Yeah, no, that's where it came from. From well-heeled, from their spurs to cowboy spurs to spurs arms to they carry to a rich, rich person. Yeah. Correct. Okay. Absolutely. Moving moving on to our next section, which is the competitive one. And boy, are we both buzzed and therefore this could be very, very interesting. This is Bare Naked Lies. Joy, one question each. Answer in true or false. My question to you is this. In 1969... The Santos team, led by Pelé as one of its main teams, team members, world world famous footballer, probably one of the greatest footballers ever, Pelé, is well known that they were touring Africa. And during a match, which was supposed to be held in Lagos, capital of Nigeria, there was a civil war going on between Nigeria and a secessionist state of Biafra or Biafra. And there was a ceasefire, which was sort of agreed on that one particular day when Pele and Santos were playing in Lagos. But that's not my question. My question is this. The reason why Pele and Santos were playing in Africa as opposed to Pele not playing for some rich club in Europe or something was because of a rule in 1961 where the Brazilian government declared Pele a national treasure and sort of made sure by law that he couldn't be allowed to play for any other country other than in Brazil. Is this true or false? That's why he was a poor guy. He was running around and playing with Santos wherever, you know, all over the world, etc. I mean, basically, he became like a Harlem Globetrotters equivalent sort of member. But he was not allowed after 1961 due to the law enacted by the Brazilian government that he's too precious a commodity or an artifact or a treasure to be allowed to play outside Brazil. True or false? Okay. I don't know about the date, 
but if you ask me was pele declared a national treasure yes he was i remember reading it i'm confident yes he was i'm not confident about the year but i'm going to say that pele was declared a national treasure that i'm sure about is your answer is what i said true or false don't go into yes of Did part and yes of this part no no I no, no. accept it okay answer. anyway i'm going to say yes I'm going to say yes. And you are correct. Absolutely. Everything I've said is true. Because of this in 68 69 joy apparently Pele later says in his autobiography, you know, that um, he was made to almost like a circus animal. He was he was made to play unbelievable amount of matches, almost like exhibition matches all over the world. And uh, you know, it was like a sort of a like a tourism ad for the government of Brazil so as to say and Santos and so all these guys and you know that probably led to him feeling a bit disheartened and tired because by then he could have easily if you imagine played in the in in let's say at least in the spanish league if not anywhere else uh, or the yeah. portuguese league or mm-hmm. italy or england or wherever and he would have he would have get, got a lot of money I'm, I'm sure by then because by, by then in 58 and 62 after two world cup wins he was already a established star but the brazilian government i had no i had no idea by the way this biafra story about the ceasefire is very apocryphal because while a lot of this has been mentioned and time magazine ran it in a story and something which comes up in time automatically you know people accept as true but a lot of people later said that the actual ceasefire happened a few days later and this was more like just a bridge was opened for people to come and watch it if they if they wanted to and some a lot of people came in between benin and you know the biafra city whichever it was and that bridge normally was always closed because there were fighting parties on both sides and that's where the battleground was or the frontier was and um, but but this was my story but so one nail up well done joy what's your question okay my question is that there's a word a pejorative word for a white american used by mexican called gringo yeah okay? and gringo is a corruption of the lyrics green grow the lilacs sung by american soldiers or cowboys that's is it true or false this is so bad joy you you've made it up i think this morning over breakfast while having your alu paratha it is so patently untrue that i will i think you are trying to fool me and i'll say this is true i think there is some bad element of this i think this is true i'll i i know this sounds false you want me to say false but i will say true tell me i'm wrong i'm tell me i'm wrong i'm so sorry it is false okay the reason why we know it's true and you and i both used to think it's true is because we've heard this question 20 times in the quiz circuit hmm. you know at least i've heard it green green grow the lilac comes from gringo it's actually not it's supposed to have basically meant foreigner and it's a corruption of the spanish griego which means greek so that's oh. where it comes from so blame all the quiz masters in those days that didn't had an opportunity to properly check <laughs> it <laughs> it's not your fault no, i was also fooled is... i was looking it up no but, but it's good for us but, to know that this isn't true actually so two nil victory well done but i i'd also like to say that this sort of opens up the world right that there, there's so many of these apocryphal answers which in in olden days one didn't have the um, advantage of having google next to you or a search engine where you could actually do a quick check but today you realize that a lot of them are actually quite bizarre yeah, and no, why absolutely. on earth would you know mexicans listen to green grows the lilacs in the first place i mean why would yeah. they I, I, how many cowboys would sing it and you know yeah. all these stories this other story which is to be very big used to be the highest number of patents was owned by edison yeah. the second largest number by sam pitrod i remember this was a question yes. that yes. was all over 
Yes. Not true. I've checked it up. Not <laughs> true. Not even true in the 80s. But you know, we should one day do an episode of just all exactly. these facts which we thought exactly. was true. All all of us believe 20 years back. Yeah. Apocryphal facts. Episode on apocryphal facts that will come up very soon. But uh, that brings us to the end of uh, bare naked lies. Joy, you are a bare naked liar, and you win two nil. <laughs> and after I think after a few drawn matches, you have done a FC Tiraspol. Uh, I'm not claiming I'm Real Madrid here, by the way. Not the Bernabeu, not the Charia. You know, like, yeah. I love it. I love the Soviet voice. Yes, I'll, I'll keep doing it all day today. Anyways, we move to our audience section, which is where we'll ask a quiz question. But before that last week's question joy which was about kingship of albania if i remember correctly what was your question yep i said that basically i asked about which assistant of ranji singhji was offered the kingship of albania mm-hmm. and the answer of course is that amazing character cb fry cb fry of course has yeah. done so many things he was the world long jump champion at one point in time he was a great boxer he was fantastic cricketer obviously ranji and he were great cricketers together the funniest thing that i've heard about him is even in his 70s yeah. he had a parlor trick where he used to call people to his house Okay. And then backwards, stand and flip over and jump onto his mantelpiece with his feet up. And he could do that What? even in his seventies. Yeah, yeah, he was amazingly fit. Obviously, he was, but a character of his own. You know, absolute character. C B Fry was. So yeah, the answer was C B Fry. If you have that, and and let's see who all have got this right. And a lot of people have got this right. There's no question. Saurav Shukla, Chirantan Bani, Ramesh Mohrana, Mahavir. Pished. Neeraj Dubey got it wrong, but I'll still mention him because he gave him. He said Aubrey, Nigel, Molyneux, Herbert, the British diplomat, traveler, and intelligence officer associated with Albanian independence. That he was, but it's it's not him here. Then you have Abhishek Day, Abhijit Swain, Shantanu Sharma, of course, and to round off, a very old friend, Tathagata Chatterjee. Uh, old Calcutta quizzer, but now residing in in Gurgaon, and I think Joy, you know him very well. Tathagata, well done for getting this right, and everybody else. And Joy, over to this week's question. Congratulations, Tathagata! Congratulations, all you guys. We just the answers just keep coming in. Fantastic. Well, this week's question, I'll take both parts. You can tell me why, or you can give me a name. Okay. Which specific place in Europe is known around the world? You know the, that place is known as the town of bent necks. This specific place in Europe, it's mm-hmm. in Germany. I'll give you a hint. Okay. Is known as the town of bent necks. Okay. And why is it known as the town of bent necks? This is a business question in its own way. Which specific place in Europe, in Germany specifically, is known as the town of bent necks? And you're sure the reason that... is more interesting. The town's name is not so important. The reason is what I'm really looking for. I think it's it's a very simple question. I don't know why you are uh, uh, thinking this. You could take either answer. This is very plainly because the ex-Tottenham football player Christian Pentneke actually came from this <laughs> this particular town, and that is why it is called. But yeah, if you think that's the right answer, please uh, send in your answers to factofthematterindia at gmail dot com. Remember, watch this episode and all our episodes on Spotify, Amazon Music. Apple Podcasts and basically every platform where you listen to your podcasts. Send in your feedback. Send in your answers. Rate us. Follow us. Rate us. And 
you know give us inspiration once again to come back week after week with such interesting topics hope you liked what we had on offer today and we will now let joy go back to his ipl analysis remember if you want to listen to joy talk seriously about cricket with no frivolity no jokes you can listen to him on <laughs> crickpass.com crickpass so you can catch all ipl matches and joy's commentary and uh, all the other stuff joy talks about over there on crickpass a big thank you to harsha harsha bhogle for uh, mentioning joy earlier today that apparently he started walking extra kilometers in order to make sure that he completes our podcast now i don't know whether it's a compliment or a backhanded way of saying we talk too much and therefore he's actually walking uh, the bengalis always talk too much i think that he understands that's that's the starting position the bengalis talk too much so yeah i i wouldn't worry about it at all so don't worry here's to verbal diarrhea and here's to our next episode where we will come back next week with something else to tickle your brain buds if i can say anyways stay well stay safe goodbye